The Collective Nine Podcast. Please visit us at thecollective9.org. You're in tune to Chicago's most popular college music radio station, 89.3 is WKKC. This is Focus Talk, the thought-provoking, solution-oriented talk show daring to make a difference in our communities. We're talking on a regular basis because the answers really matter. What are we talking about? We're talking about politics, religion, personal development, history, music, and then from time to time, we are focusing on positive people who are doing positive things right here in the Inglewood community, throughout the Chicagoland area, as well as all across the nation. I'm your host, Dennis Snyder. Joining me today in the studio is Brother Troy 5X. Brother Troy, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. And yourself? Good. I am well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for being a part of today's show and coming on to share who you are and what you do with the entire community. So let's start off from the very beginning. What does Troy 5X mean? What does it symbolize? Okay, so yeah, many people wonder what the 5X is in particular. Yes, sir. Um, But I'm a student of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And so with that is that we have grown, I've grown and am growing into the understanding of who I am and realize that whatever name that I had as a last name really wasn't my name. So as a citizen or one who is coming to the Nation of Islam, um, we're given an X. And that X represents unknown and looking and seeking to find who and what I really am. So the reason why there's a five in front of that is that there's four other people who also had the name Troy. So that's a way of distinguishing. I see. I see. So is it safe to say that everyone who enters the nation is given an X? Um, well, or if you, unless you have a, a holy name or original name. So there's some people who may have been born in the nation of Islam, and many people have the name Muhammad. So if, if I, when I have children and my children have that name, then they, they wouldn't be given an X. They would just take that name. I see. I see. So that means that you would have to be born in the nation to have Muhammad? Or at certain points in time that the name has been given to um, individuals. The minister has actually just recently, there's two individuals who are... Um, in leadership in the nation of Islam, and he actually, through looking in the work that they've done, they were granted a, what we call a holy name. Okay, so the name Muhammad is considered a holy name. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're given that honor or that distinction after a period of time in which you have served. Um, it's not necessarily a period of time. It's not like a, a, a kind of like a rough that after this amount of time, then you get a Muhammad. It's just something that. Sometimes you're blessed with, uh, in particular now, if the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan sees the work that you've done, he may decide that he wants to give you a name. Okay. That's, now, that's reflective of who you are. I've also noticed that there is a difference at times in the spelling of Muhammad, mm-hmm. that it's sometimes spelled with an M-A or it's spelled with a M-O. Is there is there a difference? or? Um, no, it's, it's just, of course, this is not our original language. Okay. So in with using phonetics and how different people may pronounce it and just what may be more comfortable, different groups use different spellings of it. But consistently in the Nation of Islam, we've adopted using M-U. I see. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah. I've learned something. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, Brother Troy, you are the CEO of the Collective Nine. Who is the Collective Nine? So, the Collective Nine was inspired by... Donald Minister Louis Farrakhan, several years ago, he began to, at, at one of the anniversaries of the Million Man March, 
he pushed us to begin to take more responsibility for our, our community. Mm -hmm. And he established what was called the Nine Ministries. The Nine Ministries deal with various aspects of human life, which include health, um, trade and commerce, um, agriculture, education, um, and the list goes on. Um, um, arts and culture, but all of these areas, which when we look at them, we put ourselves in a position to be a, begin to be able to actually take care of all the needs that we have in our community. When you look at the, the concept of the Nation of Islam, it's not an organization, it's just what the name says. It's a nation, and within a nation, you have to grow so that you're able to provide all the needs and necessities that a nation and a community needs. So the, the, the nine ministries do that. So what I did is that I decided that I want to help to push that forward with the base of education at the, at the center of it realizing that when we look at our community that we really we really have all of the resources we have all the intellectual capital that we need to actually begin to do something for ourselves we have no reason to believe after being in this country the time that we have that anybody is going to change our condition except us so the collective nine is individuals who are collectively coming together to meet our needs the focus of the collective is education because we believe that at the center of it all of these areas health trade and commerce defense there has to be a component of education. We have to learn how to do these things. And even with the educational system as it exists, one of the big pillars of the collective is that we want to establish a new educational paradigm. That means that the base of the curriculum will be based on these nine ministries. So when you graduate from school, you won't be just graduating with a degree. You'll be graduating with gifts, skills, and talents that you're able to use so that it benefits you, yourself, your family, and be able to contribute to your community. Now, Brother Troy, does the Collective Nine have a, um, let's say, a, a foundation in the Bible or the Quran? Um, not necessarily specifically that, but it's just the thought that, you know, that we collectively, we have the ability to achieve whatever we want to do. And if we begin to look at ourselves and look at the resources that we have together, that we can actually do whatever we want and desire to do. Um, one of the things that one of the first initiatives that the collective actually did was we began um, an online um, kind of TV show. And what we did was begin to actually go through all of those nine ministries asking three questions. What is the purpose of education? What should it do for our people? And what would you um, put into a curriculum to achieve whatever you think education should do? We started off with agriculture. Many people thought that was strange. Why would you be asking somebody in agriculture about education? But what it is is that instead of focusing on just traditional teachers, we want to find somebody, if you're interested in agriculture, we should find somebody that's involved in agriculture, somebody that's involved in farming, somebody that's doing it right now so that we can cut out some of that extra stuff that you may learn within this current educational system and actually really get down to the meat of what you need to learn so that you can achieve whatever your goals are. Now, Brother Troy, riddle me this. Is it the, the goal of the Collective Nine to work hand-in-hand hand with the systems that are presently in place or to operate externally? Well, great question, and I'm glad you asked, is that yes, one of the things that I go back is that right now, um, you know, some may call me a control freak, but the reality is that there's a course of study that Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan put us on as he began to rebuild the nation, and it was called Self-Improvement the basis for community development. And what that's based on is just what the name says, that if we want to improve our community, it starts with us each individually improving ourselves. The reality is that, once again, we have no reason to believe that anybody 
is going to do anything for the black community except the black community. If somebody outside of our community is still the reason why we're in this condition, that means that they would have to change. But the reality is that although there's things that have happened over the years that and there are things that are continuously happening that are putting our community in the condition that it is but we have to take the responsibility and when we take the responsibility that means that we are in a position to change that situation so we're not going to beg and plead for anybody to do for us what we have the ability to do for ourselves we still believe in holding people accountable but at the end of the day if our children are going to be educated it's going to be because we do it for ourselves okay now, Brother Choi, let uh, let me ask that at this particular juncture, it's been over 50 years since the death of Dr. King mm-hmm. and even longer since the beginning of the civil rights movement. Now, needless to say that we've made many advances since that time as far as many different individuals of color, black people who have excelled to uh, mayors and congressmen and so on and so forth and the, lead, the, the list goes on however we still have the age-old question that we still haven't gotten to the point where we should it seems as if though that we are operating in a yesteryear type mentality so if that's the case and we haven't gotten any further than where we are now what seems to be the holdup and if there is a holdup would the new age things that we have in place, are they doing what they should? Well, I mean, and I think that that's one of the challenges is that we don't have, and one of the things that I keep on pushing now is that we don't have a clear vision on where we're going. Hmm. And if you don't um, know where you're going, then any road will get you there. That's true. So, and, and of course, the Bible says um, where there's no vision, the, the people, people perish. perish. So right now you can see that our people are perishing. There's not a clear vision. We're not even those, whatever we've said that we want, it's not really clear in our mind. And one of the things that I believe in, and I think that my experience and the experience of others tells us, is that, you know, when you don't have a clear picture in your mind, something that you can hold on, then you tend to give up. You tend to get tired because there's not a clear picture in your mind on where you're going. When you have a clear picture in your mind and you know where you're going and you can hold on to that picture, then that's what keeps you moving. I think right now we have to begin to create a clear picture in our mind on where we really want to go and then reverse engineer it. If this is where we want to go, what do we need to have so that we can achieve that? And that's part of what the Collective Nine is doing, is that we know what type of society and world we want want it to be. We know that right now that there's young brothers and sisters that are out in the community that, that don't have a job that they don't know what they're gonna do with the rest of their lives. And they, they dropped out of high school or they dropped out of, of college. But even with that, there's many people on the other side that have PhDs, that have graduated from college, are in, in a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. So what that's saying is there's something wrong with the educational system that we're currently getting right now that's not empowering us. And that goes back to the Collective Nine, and our goal at the root is really to begin to look at what a new educational paradigm would look like as a means to achieve what we believe that we have the ability to achieve, which is creating for ourselves a world and a community where we can begin to depend on ourselves. Has a manifesto been established or put in place as to say, well, you know, this is the playbook. This is the guideline in which that we must follow in order to get to our perceived destination. In the meantime, if there is an individual as well as an organization that would um, uh, move away 
from the manifesto, then we separate ourselves, or is there anything in, in place such as that? Well, uh, as I said in the beginning, is I'm a student of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and one of the things that we're taught, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that separation is the best and only solution. The reality is that we've tried everything else. We've tried integration, it hasn't worked. We've tried working and in, 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 in doing all of these other things that we've been, that have been proposed to us. But the only thing that we haven't tried is to actually really do something for ourselves. We, everybody in the society is struggling in, 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 as it relates to economics as well as education. Black people aren't the only ones that are struggling from the current educational system that exists right now. So that means that we have to do something for ourselves. So, so the, the goal is, is that what do we need to, to do so that we really can begin to be self-sufficient and provide our needs. So the manifestation, the, the, the manifest, the manifest, the manifesto, the manifesto is really that, you know, we have to really begin to look at what separation looks like. And you can't, you know, um, separation is not just physically separating from others because the reality is when we look at our current situation right now, Chicago is the most segregated city probably in the country. So right now we're already separated physically in most instances. We don't live around the black, there's a black community where black people live and in, 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 in most instances or many instances in our day-to-day -day lives, we may not even cross people of other cultures. But the reality is that even the times that we do is when we're looking for food and we have to go to the grocery store. You know, when we want to get our nails done and we go to the Korean shop, when we want to go get some hair and we go to the, the beauty supply shop. So all of these institutions that are in our community are ran by other individuals who don't look like us. And they come into the community, they exploit us, and then they go back to their community and continue to feed their community. And the same is true with edu education, is that most of us, when you look at majority of the teachers that we have, and particularly in K through 12, they're white women. So it, that, that, that's a challenge that we have to begin to look at. You know, actually, when I was in, in college, um, what I learned is that many of my instructors um, that were, are now some of the highest um, scholars in the field of education is that they didn't go to integrated schools. They, and many of them, when you look at historically the scholars that, that were produced out of our community, even when integration was occurring, they were individuals who were in these segregated schools and the schools were, even though there may have been a limited amount of resources, what was present that there was a concern for those individuals and in making sure that they learn because that same teacher that they saw in school was the same teacher that they're going to see next door, that they were going to see in the grocery store. So there was a personal commitment to these individuals that they saw on a daily day basis so that they wanted to make sure that these, these students that they saw as part of their community, that they learned what they needed to learn. So now with us, you know, as, as many of us, as we um, move up on the social economic scale, then we move away from um, the community in which we um, we were born in, that, that we may have struggled in, and so that there's not these examples that we can look up to and aspire to, and that com same commitment isn't necessarily there because the students, as a teacher, if you are a black teacher, you don't necessarily, in most instances, live in the same community in which you're teaching. Brother Troy, I, I have several other questions for you, however, uh, that, that simply means that I need to invite you back, so I would be, uh, I would be most humble if you would accept my invitation, but how can I get more information about the Collective Nine, your 
your agenda, what it is that you're doing, and uh, when and if you need assistance in what you're doing. Oh, definitely. So the, the first, the best place is the thecollective9.org, thecollective9.org. Um, I'm on Facebook under the same thing, thecollective9.org. You can also go to Twitter, is 9thecollective.org. Yeah, 9 the, nine the Collective. Um, but if you go to the website, you can sign up for a newsletter and get more information. That's the best place, which is thecollective9.org. Um, just want to mention really quickly, one of the initiatives that we plan on doing real soon um, is to actually have our second education conference. Um, you'll be able to get more information about that on the website really soon. Education conference. Give yes, us a little information about so, that really so, quickly. So, so basically, one of the things that the Collective 9 is taking advantage of is modern technology. So we can move beyond the boundaries of space and time, and we can hold a conference without bringing people to a particular location where you have to pay for that venue, where you have to pay for transportation, where you have to pay for a hotel, and all of that, those types of things. With modern technology, we're able to bring individuals from across the country into a platform and use modern technology so that people can come and view what's going on and, and present questions to those presenters. Um, to engage and, and discuss the issues that we need to discuss without using a lot, a whole lot of money. Okay. All right. Fascinating. Fascinating. I can't wait to hear more. And I realize that there are a few other things that are on the agenda. Mm -hmm. So for my edification, then I can just log on to the website. And that web address again is? Thecollective9.org. Okay. And that's the number nine. Collective9.org, the number nine. Correct. Okay. We've got about 30 seconds left. Give me some closing words, sir. Well, you know, one of the things that I've really been reflecting on, and actually I was um, laid off uh, a few weeks ago, and what I decided to do is to kind of document my day-to-day -day journey on becoming a true entrepreneur. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the importance and value of us actually really beginning to paint a clear picture on where we want to be. That's something that we, we don't do enough. We have to begin to take responsibility for our own reality. The cliche or the, the term that I, I thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for that has really inspired me and pushed me and, and probably one of the big reasons that I joined the Nation of Islam, which is self-improvement is the basis for community development. The reality is that whatever we're looking for in our community, whatever we want to achieve, if we can paint a clear picture in our minds and make a commitment to it, then there's nothing that we can't achieve. We have to believe first in God and then believe in ourselves and we can achieve it. Brother Troy 5X, I appreciate your time, your talent, your dedication to this cause, and I wish you well in your endeavors. Thank you, and thank you once again for having me on the Yes, show. sir. Thank you for being here. I want to leave you with this. If you can't be the highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. Because it isn't by size that you win or that you fail. Be the best at whatever you are. Stay focused. We'll talk again real soon. This is Focus Talk with Dennis Knight on 89.3 WKKC.